What's up, everybody? Thank you for joining us on the Uncommon Podcast. My name is Dustin Duff. I'm one of the hosts. We like to start off our podcast here by thanking Chris Struthers for uh, the new logo that he just made for us. Um, those that listened to the last episode, you know that I created the first logo we had, um, the initial logo, and it was absolutely terrible. So thank you, Chris, for doing that. Um, Chris has a clothing line coming out this summer, uh, so make sure you follow him at Redbeard Strength. Um, he's a strong man. So um, at Redbeard Strength on Instagram, uh, Chris will be releasing that clothing line later this year. Uh, we have a hot one for you today. Um, some of you may agree, some of you may disagree, but nonetheless, we hope you enjoy the episode. We talk about uh, COVID and, and some of the effects um, that it's having in people's personal lives and, and some of the some of the data, the data and, and other things that uh, we feel maybe haven't been released or promoted as much as uh, we feel it should be. So um, we hope you like the episode. As always, if you like the show, please subscribe so you get uh, notified every time a new episode comes out. Um, and if you hear an episode that you think somebody else could benefit from, please make sure you share the show. Uh, we really do aim to just give a little bit of a different perspective and, um, and try to help people in uh, many different ways. So, um, and as always good or bad reviews are always appreciated. So with that, let's get this show going. What's up everybody. Welcome to Uncommon with B-Pop and Dustin Duff. All right, Dustin, let's kick it off today. Well, first off, I want to start with a, a huge support to military first responders out there. Thank you guys very much for all your service and the life that we get to have. Uh, we get to come in here on a Saturday, Brett, and have a nice, uh, have fun doing a podcast together because a lot of people, you know, sacrifice, you know, their Saturday for us. So I'm just very grateful for those things. Absolutely. Thank yep. you for uh, your service and all your hard work uh, to all the firefighters, police officers, military personnel. Uh, nurses, EMTs, everybody out there that uh, lets us do what we do. Right, right. So, well, you asked me what I'm hot under the collar. I'm hot under the collar about the cove today. I'm tired of the cove, bro. I can't handle it anymore. This COVID shit's starting to just get on my last nerve. Um, I know that we didn't get a chance to talk much about anything other than work yesterday, but you know, you know how much I've been looking forward to my first marathon this year in April um, down in Nashville. And I thought, you know, Nashville, you know, being in Nashville, that's probably a place that would be very, very, I don't know, maybe not as much as other states canceling and postponing shit. A little stuff more like normal. That. Right, right. Yeah. Um, got an email last week on like Wednesday or something, man. They're going to push that. They're going to push our race and they get it to the fall. Right. Wow. And so when, time out, when was the race supposed to be April 24th? And they're pushing it out all the way to the fall. And what was the reason for that? COVID outbreak. Uh, uh, COVID. So on that topic for a moment, do you know what Colorado classifies a COVID outbreak? What? Two confirmed COVID cases in one facility within a one week period. That's an outbreak. Right. Well, and that's why I'm pissed off. Because my question to everybody is why? Somebody tell me why. Somebody explain to me. Somebody explain to me why people can't make a decision to either participate or not. Right? Are we not adults? Like, at what point are we going to be, you know, are, are we going to be able to make decisions for ourselves? Like, this is, this is utter, this is so crazy. We live in the goddamn twilight zone. We do. Well, and you look at the, uh, you know, don't get me wrong. I don't want anybody out there to think, you know, we're trying to sit here and say COVID isn't real. You know, it's fake. No, it's not it's a real, real virus, anything like that. But the fact of the matter is, you know, when we look at the uh, current survival rate of COVID, the survival rate, right, is 99.99%. Now you're going out to run a marathon. I think it's pretty safe to say that anybody running a marathon probably is in pretty good health. 
Right. And I'm sure I have people out there going, well, there's people that work the work the water stations and there's people that work the check-in booths and blah, 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 blah. It doesn't, it, my whole thing this entire time, Brett, and you and I have talked about it, you know, till we're blue in the face at, at some point, personal responsibility has to take over. So right. if you're not comfortable doing something, then you shouldn't participate. Not, not me, not me. I'm okay with running that risk, right? I'm okay with all this. That's right. If you're not, that's fine. I don't care. I'm not hating on you. Do your thing. Go wear an N95 mask, buy a beekeeper suit, do whatever you want to do. Get a WMD gear bag from the police department and go walk around because you're terrified of a, a virus that, again, what were the what were the numbers? What were the numbers? Uh, risk of survival, 99.99%. Okay, so we, we're going to do that, right? Mm-hmm. That's where my frustration comes from, man. And, uh, can, can I clarify something? Is the marathon, is it an outdoor event? Yes. Okay, so you're in the fresh air. Correct. You're not in a an enclosed facility. Nope. Okay. Well, there you go. Right. Now, with with all these vaccines, you know, didn't Biden say in his first hundred days or something like that he wanted to have you know a million people vaccined or something like that or I don't know a hundred million people. So my question is this, right? So if we have all the vaccines going out to everybody, why are they canceling events still? Well, yeah. If the vaccine well, works and if the masks work, why are we canceling outdoor events that people generally are going to be socially distanced in the first place? There's zero data. We'll get into that. I have some other points, but I just okay. want to finish my hot under the collar because I got one other point that I want to tie in here. We have teachers unions refusing to go back to work. Teachers unions that refuse. To, and, you know, I'm married to a teacher. I'm married to a teacher. She's a part of the union. That's, that's how it goes. I was a cop. I was in a union. I get it. I'm not hating on unions. I don't necessarily agree with them all the time for specific things, you know, for different industries. You know, there are certain industries where you're, you, you have a ton of lot more liability and stuff. So I, I can see why those levels of protection need to be there. I get it. I don't agree with that all the time, but I understand it. Right. But here's the part. So you're, so these teachers that are refusing to go back to work, your health is more important than generation after generation after generation to come in this, in this country. I got a better analogy for that. And I agree with you, if you don't mind me uh, stepping in on that, uh, on that one point. So all the teachers out there that are refusing to go back to work because it's not safe enough. uh, Do those teachers go to grocery stores? Yes. Do those teachers go to Costco? Yep. Okay. So if it's not safe enough for them to teach, uh, the, uh, a certain section of the population that actually is very low risk in the grand scheme of things. Uh, why are they going to the grocery store? So what, what, what the teachers unions are telling me, this is my interpretation of this. They are more important than all the other millions of quote unquote essential workers that they enjoy their services on a daily basis. Right. Okay. Just making sure we're on the same page there. I just, I worked, uh, you know, I, I coached at the school, man. I just stepped down as the head coach. I was in contact with kids from last June. Now think about this. And this is where my frustration comes from. This is going to button up my hot under the collar segment here. I was in contact, direct contact with kids since last June. Okay. okay. Go back to last June. There was still a lot of unknowns. We didn't really have the, you know, the, uh, the adjusted data and stuff like that hadn't come out yet. So I'll be, I'm going to be fully honest, you know, before I get into this COVID thing, I bought into this hook, line and sinker when it first came out, because I was under the impression that this was something crazy that we literally had never seen before. We all did. Dustin. Right. Right. And so I'm not hating on anybody that, you know, started feeling that way or anything else. What I'm hating on is now you're trying to use this for your own benefit. You don't want to have to get in your car and go fight traffic and go to work all day. It's easier for you to jump on a zoom conference 
conference call and, and preach to a bunch of kids that aren't paying attention, number one, because they have 15 distractions in their room and they're not learning crap. And then we have schools wondering why we have the highest fail rate, number of fails in forever, 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 I think, is what my AD said. He said, hey, I've never even seen this, this number. We had thousands of Fs. Well, and think about what the mental health of the children is. The, the, let me state that better. What is the what are the mental health ramifications of these kids because of staying at home, because of being uh, socially ostracized from their friends and everybody at school and not getting the education? Well, let's just stay on kids. So that's the end of my hot under the collar segment. But I did have some that I wanted to talk about with the kids thing. You want? Is it okay if I just move into that? Why don't you just yeah go right in? This is what I documented. I just sat down and I thought about it. And I'm like, what are some of the things that we're teaching our kids right now, right? Because obviously they're not getting socialization. Mm -mm. They're not learning how to interact with other people. They're not learning how to maintain eye contact. They're not, learn they're not learning how to pay attention. They're not learning how to follow instructions. They're not doing a lot of these things, right? Because mm -hmm. they're, you know, they just post something up on their Zoom conference thing and they click in there and then it's, a, it's an assignment. They just get it done, right? That's simple, right? I, I, I wrote that we're teaching our kids that you got to rely on the government for everything. Right. We're saying that the government has all the answers for us. So you don't need to go look at anything. You can just wait and listen to Dr. Dum 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 on the, on the, on the news, whatever his name is, Fauci or whatever. Okay. Go listen to him. Okay. Cause I'm going to tell you about 90% of the people that I hang out with, they wouldn't even think about having a beer with that guy. No, I would not. I'd like to dump a beer on that guy. But I mean, how does that bode well for our future, dude? Well, the simple fact of the matter is it doesn't. You know, the, the situation, you know, let, let's stay on the kids' uh, situation here for a moment. Yeah, let's rock on that. I, had a, uh, I was having a conversation with uh, a group of people last week, and uh, this lady told me a heartbreaking story that one of her friend's 10-year-old daughters tried to commit suicide by hanging herself with a chain. Now, this is a 10-year-old girl with mental health issues to a point that she thought it would be appropriate to commit suicide. Now, does anybody else wonder what in the world we're doing here? I mean, I, I get, you know, we got to keep, you know, people safe and, you know, we got to squelch this virus and, and everything like that. But at what point is the uh, cure, if you will, worse than the actual virus? At what point are we going to stand back and realize what we're doing to a point that you just made to future generations, future generations, social skills, mental health, the list goes on and on. What in the world are we doing to future generations and other than isolating everybody and making people or making these kids fearful of other people? Well, I want to stay on the kids as well, but this just on a cop fact, talking to friends and talking to other you know people in different districts and stuff like that, if you say, let's just to make round numbers for everybody so they can have a visual in their head, right, instead of percentages and things, but let's say that the typical cop in my old district, District 4 down in Denver, if they went on two suicides in a week, right, let's just hypothetically say that, two suicides in a week, they have increased over 400, 400%. Jesus. Their calls. So that's, that's the adults. That's not, that's not the kids, but that's the adults, right? Or who, it's everybody really, but we're trying to stay focused on the kids. The other thing that I wrote down that I think that we're doing a detriment to our kids is 
when data changes or when the information changes, you don't have to, you don't have to alter how you're looking at something. Because data's changed several times throughout this entire situation. And I've had kids coming up to me, ask me, why can't we do, you know, weights or this or that or the other thing? The data changed. They know it. I've right. said it on this. I've said it on this podcast before. If you think that your kids don't know more than you do, you're out of your mind because they work that phone and everything else 10 times better than you do. That's right. Right. So they're looking at these numbers and going, this doesn't make sense. That's right. Well, some of them. Some of them. Some of them. There's some that are falling in line with the, with the narrative of everything that's going on. And, you know, since we're on this COVID conversation, I want to touch on something, right? So we talk about Dr. Fauci, right? And I was talking to somebody a couple of weeks ago, and I made the comment that I, I, I have zero trust in anything he says. You know, the hardest thing to gain in life is trust of, of people, right? Right. The easiest thing to lose is trust, right? When he came out in March of last year and did a 60-minute special that said, don't wear face masks, they're ineffective, you're probably making a bigger problem by wearing one because you're constantly touching them and this and that. Um, and then he comes out months later and says, everybody should be wearing a face mask. And then they wonder why they get so much pushback on it. And the argument is, well, you know, he, he said that because uh, there, there wasn't enough PPE and he didn't want to create a run on PPE for uh, the first responders. Right. Right. OK. So it's OK to lie to the population when nobody really knew what this was. That's what that tells me. We, we intentionally mis <laughs> misguided the population because we didn't want to put a run on PPE. If cloth face masks worked, bandanas, whatever, why wouldn't he come out in that 60 Minutes article and say, listen, since we don't know what this is, why don't we all just kind of mask up with a face, uh, cloth face mask? Don't run out and get the N95s. We need to save all those, right? Do a public plea so that we, we wouldn't be shortfalling all the first responders, right? So, if it, so again, if masks worked, why wouldn't he come out in March and say that? Well, Instead, dude, it, it's months later that says, oh, now they work. Disregard everything I told you, you know, four or five, six months ago and do what I say now. And then everybody wonders why there's such pushback on it. Well, dude, I, it's still on their website. It's still on the website. Go to the math section on the website, on CDC. Literally, it says there's a, a column of do's and a column of don'ts. On the column of don'ts, on literally, it says don't get an N95 mask still. Still. <laughs> so tell me what sense that makes, right? After we've heard double masks and triple masks, and you should do this, and you should wear a beekeeper suit, and you should wear a visor, now and you should wear glasses, and you should do this, uh, 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 right? Now they want people to wear masks like strippers wear panties and strip clubs, right? Two and three Ooh. pairs at a time. Like, what, what is that about? <laughs> like, anytime I see, anytime, okay, just so you know, anybody out there listening, if you're wearing two or three masks, just know that every time I see that, it reminds me of a stripper at a strip club. Happens. <laughs> Happens. Association. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Guilt by association. Dude, it is still on their website, though. It is, it is still there. Right. You know, here's my thing on that, right? So the whole idea behind this face mask thing is we want to prevent people from getting or spreading the virus, right? What about educating the population on how to be healthy 
so that if they get this highly contagious virus, okay, I think we all can agree that uh, this thing is completely contagious, super contagious, highly contagious, all that sort of stuff, right? So why do the experts, Fauci, not go out and try to educate the population on how to maintain a healthy immune system, right? Take vitamin D, you know, take different uh, other vitamins, vitamin C. These are foods that are that are high in vitamin D, vitamin C, vitamin K, all that sort of stuff. You know, exercise, get out and breathe. Hold on, breathe fresh air. Fresh. If you're out walking your dog or taking a run, nobody's around and you're wearing a face mask, just know you're breathing in your own carbon dioxide, which is not good for your lungs. Again. If you feel like you need to wear a mask, wear a mask. Do your thing. Like, I'm not hating on you. Do your thing, right? If you want it personally, you're, you're, you're your own person. So, you know, if you want to wear a mask, wear a mask. Do your thing. If it makes you feel good, makes you, you know, if you make, it makes you, you know, feel safe. If it's, your, if it's your placebo. To do it. Do it. Do it if it makes you feel good. But stop hating on other people for not, not right. wanting to. I just want to button up these last two uh, points on, the, on kids, and then we can just kind of move into some general conversation. But, um you know, I think that uh, we touched on the social interaction part. You know, how do you get, how are these kids going to expect to interview well at a job? How are they going to, how are, I mean, think about it. You've been sitting in front of a computer screen. So when you go in and you don't even know how to, that you should shake somebody's hand. Before oh, you, can't, you, go, you can't shake hands. Right. It's elbow bumps. Oh yeah. Well, either way. Right. Yeah. But you don't know that because you've been sitting in front of a computer for the last three years. Right. Right. It doesn't, it makes no sense. My last point, and then we can, this is going to, I think, take everything off, but just we're teaching them that they don't have to have personal responsibility, man. I preached it every day to my players. Every day, it is on you. It is not on anybody else. It is not again on. It's not on Joe the Joe the plumber down the street. It's not on the guy the guy checking you out at the supermarket. It's not on anybody else. If you have people in your family or you are a person that is, you know, um, compromised, health compromised for whatever reason, then you, as your personal responsibility need to take those precautions necessary. You shouldn't expect the U.S. population at large to make you feel safe, period. And I don't care what anybody says because that's personal responsibility. That's me taking things into my own hands. Right. You know, we got this mixed message that's going on right now, right? So on the, on the school and, and kids thing, the, the mixed message is now, right? So up until... Uh, what would it be? I mean, let's just call it up until February 1st. I'm going to give them a couple-week uh, lead time or a couple-week uh, grace period here. So up until, let's say, February 1st, I don't know the exact date, the narrative was we got to keep everything shut down, right? Economies, schools, everything's got to be shut down, right? Can't open anything. Sorry, By, I missed the month. Where are we at month-wise? Up just... until February of this year. February, okay. February 21. Yep. Yep, right? Go ahead. Everything's got to be shut down, can't open schools, all that sort of stuff, right? So Biden gets into the swing of things with his administration, okay? Now all of a sudden, not only Biden, I don't want to just pick on Biden here, all the major cities, all the major cities run by Democrats that have been preaching for the last year, well, let's just say the last 11, 10, 11 months, to keep everything shut down are now saying we have to open everything up. Biden is now saying he wants all schools, all public schools, to be in school minimum four days a week before his 100th day. Now, my question is this. How many of you out there listening are okay with your life being played like a fiddle by these politicians? 
by these elected officials. And you notice I say elected officials. I do not call them elected leaders. I find that their leadership is lacking at best. So let's just call them elected officials. Everybody's okay with them playing us because now orange man bad is out of office. And now we can get back to the swing of things of getting kids back to school and getting things open. And yet the teachers union is basically put, giving pushback saying, we're not going to go back until we deem it necessary. We don't want to go back until at least the 2021-2022 school year now. We, now, here's my question on the vaccines, okay? I heard one teachers union put a statement out that said, we don't want to go back until all children are vaccinated. Now, if the children are the least susceptible of this to this virus right why is it not good enough to get just the teachers vaccinated if they want it right a choice there's a lot of teachers that don't want the vaccine now here's my question if schools are such a cesspool and such a problem why are private schools in session and without issue it's a miracle it's a christmas miracle isn't it it's a miracle private schools Privately funded schools have been in session for the last however many months without a problem. Non-unionized schools, been in session, no big deal. You don't hear about any outbreaks. My son has been in daycare uh, since August of 2020. No interruption in daycare. If things are so bad in tight-quartered spaces, schools, daycares, things like that, why haven't any of these been shut down? Because it's not a problem. And the sad thing is these teachers unions are holding these children hostage in a way to get whatever they want, whatever political agenda they're trying to push through, and they're blaming it on COVID, which is flat disgusting. Well, and there, and I saw in one of the articles, you know, they're, they're, they, the ones that I'm frustrated with, let me put it that way, because I, I don't I'm really trying to get away from the they uh, type statements. Right. Because, I mean, we're all, generalize. we're all in this together. So but um, see, my problem is, is that people keep touting all these stats and stuff and acting like it's gospel. Right. It's it's gospel. This is oh, these are the these are the stats. This is the stats. And I'm going to take I'm going to give some credit to Andy Prasala because I like listening to his podcast and he brings a lot of this stuff to light. So it made me look into some of these things. But. On the very day that Biden was inaugurated, the very day that he came into office, they admitted, or I shouldn't say they, whoever admitted, look it up. If you, I don't have Google up in front of me, you know, like we always joke about facts, where's your citations, all that kind of shit. If you want to look it up, look it up yourself. It's called Google. Right. Okay. 97 on the PCR test, 97% confirmed false positive. Yeah. So let's talk about PCR. One sec. Okay, I'm glad you brought that up. So 97% false positive, right? Correct. Okay, so the PCR test. So the the creator of the PCR test came out in 2019, August of 19. Uh, This gentleman passed away before COVID. But he created the PCR test, and he made a statement that the PCR test was being overly used and inappropriately used. The PCR test is a test that should be administered once all the other diagnostics diagnostics have been completed by a doctor and the PCR test is simply just to confirm what the doctor already suspects. Okay. Right. The PCR test basically has a particular cycle count. You know, on January 6th, the world health health organization came out and instructed all testing facilities to reduce their PCR cycle count. 
Oh, I, I, I didn't see that, but I, would, I, I could see where it would come from. Okay, January 6th, the World Health Organization came out and said, reduce your PCR cycle count. You know why they said to reduce the PCR cycle count? Because if you keep the cycle count high like they had it, I think they were running at 42 plus. Okay. If you keep the PCR cycle count high, you pick up fragments. The, the whole idea behind the PCR test is to pick up fragments of a virus. And it's a particulate, so, right? It's a particulate. So the more times you, you cycle that through or amplify it, the more likely is, likelihood is you're going to get a false positive. So magically, the World Health Organization comes out in a blanket statement and says, you guys all need to lower your, your cycle count on your PCR test. Well, if you lower the cycle count, what's going to happen? You're going to have less positives. Right. Okay. Just last week, here in Denver, Denver Health closed its on-site testing facility. They closed it. So not only now are we, we've adjusted the cycle count down. We're not testing in mass anymore. Magically, the case counts down. So all these communities are being able to reopen. Well, that was my other number. So since Inauguration Day, and I'm sure this number's higher from when I did, I obviously did some searching this morning, but magically, magically, 40% decrease. 40%. Like a switch. Yeah. And so my question to that is whether you, whether you think that COVID is the next plague or you think it's a joke. Okay, either way, I don't care. My question is how many of you are okay uh, with our lives being played with by these governments around the, around the world, not just the U.S. government, it's governments around the world. You know, the U.K. is on full-on lockdown until April, full-on lockdown. I was listening to uh, No Agenda, a good podcast that I share with you, and they had a, a news story. They played a news story on their last uh, podcast that uh, aired on Thursday about Australia moving COVID-positive patients, and when they take them out of whatever facility and put them in the bus, they're putting trash bags over their head. Oh, yeah. No, I, you, you sent that to me the other day. I was like, what? And then they're basically like shipping them off. And they're shipping them off to another facility with trash bags over, to, over their head. Like, what in the world are we doing here? Like, can we get back to some sort of level of normalcy and realize, okay, it is a virus. It is deadly to certain people. It is not deadly to the majority of people. So there needs to be some sort of equal and reasonable treatment or path forward other than what in the world is going on well we talked about the whole gina carano thing the last episode and i mean it's not train cars that they're getting loaded onto but they're getting loaded onto something right you know what i'm saying like i mean here's the thing if it walks like a duck it quacks like a duck it's probably going to be a duck right Mm -hmm. my biggest issue with all of this and then you know and like i said if you're scared or whatever, and you and you and you buy into this hook, line, and sinker, more power to you. We just don't agree. Like that's just that's just facts. That's just that's just life. That's how right. that's how life happens. But when I was a detective, if it doesn't look right, and you have the you know that little feeling you get in the back of your head where you're like, this just does not make sense. That's right. And I guarantee you, most of the people that I talk to feel that way. They say it really doesn't make sense, but I just do what I'm supposed to do anyway. Well, the, long, the longer it do. goes on, the more and more people are waking up and they're like, okay, what sense does this make? And if it doesn't make sense and, you know, you still got all these fast, uh, face mask mandates going on, again, ask yourself, what's the purpose of it? If, if, face, if, if the face mask worked, why have we been shut down for as long as we have? 
If the face masks worked, why did Fauci come out in March of 2020 and encourage people not to wear face masks and basically call them ineffective? Okay, clearly the face masks don't work. Or if they do work, what's the need for a vaccine? Well, dude, there's zero research to prove that they do work. There's zero research. There's research that shows that they don't work. There's a, a, a ton of research. You, if you can find it now. Right. But there's a there's zero research. And to you haters out there, they're like, oh, you're just hanging on a mask and blah, 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 blah. Go look at the numbers. Just go look at it. Right. Like, I don't have to I don't have to sit here and justify my position to you because I take the time to look in a lot of these things. That's right. Right. I, whether I can articulate that on this podcast or not is arbitrary. I don't give a shit. But at the same time. You know, I mean, just you got to look at them yourself, man. Well, right. So the other thing, too, Biden came out uh, probably last week, something like that, was doing a, a TV interview. And if anybody watches interviews, they're somewhat comical. But anyway, in his interview, he said that uh, prior to his him being inaugurated, there was no vaccine in existence. It was only because of his administration that there's a vaccine is basically what he said. Now, if correct me if I'm wrong, Dustin, but didn't Pfizer announce their vaccine on November 8th? I knew it was November. I don't know the it date. It was actually November 8th. So Pfizer came out the week after or the Sunday after the election, that immediate Sunday, and they came out and they said they have a 95% effective vaccine. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but Biden get, didn't get inaugurated until when? January 21st January. of 2021. Right. So technically, there was a vaccine in place two months prior to him being in office. Right? Correct. Okay. So with that, where the hell is he going with this? Is he trying to say that, you know, the, the prior administration was so ineffective that he didn't have a vaccine? He, the, the vaccine that he is working to distribute was in existence far before he was even elected. So let's stop, you know. Well, they started working on it. They've been working on it for a year. Let's not play this political game with it, you know. And that's, I, I think that's my biggest problem with this whole COVID thing is it's been one political game for the last 12 months. That's all it has been, okay? And you've got all these people playing politics with it. And then, you know, you look at states like New York and Andrew Cuomo is under fire right now because of killing a what, I, I think they underreported 15,000 senior deaths because of his executive order in the state of New York to put COVID positive patients in nursing home facilities and didn't notify the nursing home facility. Well, I don't want to get too far into the politics side of things, but I also saw there was legislation passed where basically it's giving him in, in immunity. Like they're trying to pass legislation up there where he basically has immunity from those actions that he had to take during COVID-19. Now, again, I haven't looked deep into this yet. I just saw, you know, a couple short articles about it, but I don't want to get into the politics side, but I mean, I'm with you, man. Like, here's the thing. Nobody knew. And then once people started to know, people started to use it. Mm -hmm. Like that's what happened. Nobody right. knew in March, this came from China or wherever. I, I, I'm still don't trust everything, but, and just real quick to button up your vaccine part, tell me why is China refusing? I don't know the, the, what were the first two, the, not the Moderna and the Pfizer, the Moderna and the Pfizer. Why are they refusing entry into their country? If you have those vaccines, 
but not for the is it the Johnson and Johnson type one or whatever that one is. Well, so they're, they're two different vaccines. So the right. Pfizer and the Moderna vaccine are what's called an mRNA vaccine, and the Johnson and Johnson and AstraZeneca, I think, is your more traditional. Um, and you know, the people in the field are probably going to kill me when I say this, but more traditional like dead virus vaccine, something like that. Right. Um, whereas the mRNA vaccine is more of like a protein that gets injected into your body to uh, kind of trick your immune system, if you will, to fight off almost any type of coronavirus. Technically, if this vaccine works, it should fight off pretty much any type of coronavirus that you have. A coronavirus being the, the, the norm, normal traditional head cold, right? So if, if the vaccine does work, right, then most people shouldn't even get a head cold. But I'm just saying that they're pushing these vaccines so much like all the, you know, all of our problems are going to be solved as soon as these vaccines come out. The, the, the country where it originated at doesn't accept those vaccines. So what, why am I going to go get those stupid ass vaccines? If, if they're not accepting them, what I, that tells me is that they either don't work or they know something that we don't know. Like that's what, that's what that tells me. I think it's the latter. I think they know something that we don't know. And I think that, you know, they, they rush to create these vaccines and that's fine. But here's my question to everybody on this vaccine thing. Okay. And people that tell me, you know, oh, well, I follow the science. Well, if you followed science, you'd realize that the science changes as more data is collected. I mean, at one point, scientists thought the earth was flat, right? I mean, let's just go there, okay? Right. So if you believe in science, you also have to believe in the fact that science evolves and science changes. And so if you believe in science, you might want to adjust your way of thinking pertaining to this. But here's my question about the vaccine in particular. How many decades has the flu vaccine been in existence? I couldn't, I couldn't even tell you. Uh, safe to say at least 30 years. Oh, way, since I've been alive. I'm 36 okay. years old, and I've, basically it's been around since I can rem remember. Okay. Right? So let's just, let's just go back and say, okay, for, for purposes of, of this particular podcast, let's just say it's been around for three decades. Three decades. Okay. In three decades, they can't create a vaccine for the flu that's no more than 60% effective. Correct. Okay. Now, when I say that to people, they say, well, you know, the flu is a virus and it, it evolves and it mutates. Okay. I take your point. So if the flu is a virus, is it safe to say that COVID's a virus? Correct. Okay. So if viruses in general mutate and change, is it safe to say that COVID's going to mutate and change? Just like every other one, my friend. Okay. We're already seeing it with these variants, these uh, mutants that they're talking about. You've got the UK variant. You've got the South, Amer uh, South African variant. You've got all these different variants now, right? How can they create a vaccine that's 95% effective when they don't know what the variants are going to look like? And they can't even get a vaccine for a flu that's more than 60% effective. People need to ask themselves why. So let's go back to a quick timeline. This time last year, this was just getting kicked off. Nobody knew what the hell this was. At this at this date last year, Nobody, we were still we were still rocking in the weight room. We were doing all of our stuff at the school. Everything was nothing, everything. No nothing was wrong. No hiccups. Yep. Okay. March seventeenth hit. Everything shut down because nobody knew what this was. Because nobody knew what it was, the doctors really didn't understand and know how to treat it properly. Okay. So between March and November, we go from, we don't know what this is, we don't know how to treat this properly, to, hey, we have a vaccine that's 95% effective. Does anybody not question that and not look a little deeper into that and say, how is that even possible? Is this vaccine nothing more than a placebo? Well, uh, what it tells me is 
it just doesn't make sense. And that's what we just talked about. If it doesn't make sense, you can't just accept it, dude. You can't just be like, okay, well, I guess it just it is what it is, right? Right. And d- d- before I want to say something, I'm not some anti-vaxxer. No. I've been thing. vaccinated. I've gotten my son vaccinated for all his stuff. He's 18 months old. I mean, I'm not, a, I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I've gotten the flu vaccine two years in a row simply because of my son. Right. Right. I won't be getting one next year. Personal responsibility. Holy cow. Right. But again, my question is this, like we, we, we go from not having a clue what the hell this virus was to not knowing how to properly treat it to putting people on ventilators too quickly that their body shut down. Ultimately, they died. And then doctors, as time goes on, figures out, okay, here's how we properly treat it and all that sort of stuff. So now, oh, magically we have a vaccine. So here's my question. Either A, they're lying out of their their ass about the effectiveness of the vaccine, A, or B, they've been working on a vaccine for this particular virus for many, 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 many years already. Which one is it? I can't think of an answer. Right. You know, you, you, you right. if you choose the latter, you're, con- you're, you're considered or you're called a conspiracy theorist. If, well, if you pick the first one, you don't believe in science. Right. It's a no-win situation. It's a no-win situation. Well, and again, we, we didn't want to – we talked about, you know, some of the things like the vitamin D deficiencies and stuff like that. But, you know, the other part that drives me insane, Brett, is just the comorbidities. And it kind of ties in with what you were talking about with your flu vaccine and stuff like that. Because the numbers that are coming out – they don't like to differentiate between those things, at least in mainstream media. If you go dig, you can find them, right? But right. most people type it into Google. They go to one two three four abccom where what you know some guy's writing it in, out of his mom's basement. You know what I mean? Eating Twinkies and drinking Mountain Dew. You know what I mean? Like that's where that's getting written at. But as of data, as I, I pulled this off of this this graphic that I that I was showing you earlier um, off of the CDC website, and this is it says data as of um, February 14, 2021, Influ- influenza and, and um, pneumonia. So um, it says most frequently listed comorbidities with COVID nineteen deaths. All right, so that's the that's the title of the of the breakdown here. Forty four point seven of those two hundred three thousand three hundred ninety five deaths just between influenza and pneumonia. Well, they're not counting flu flu deaths anymore. Well, that's a, that's that's what I'm trying to explain to people here. Okay, uh, hyper hypertension. Now, these are just the main ones. These aren't all of them, but this is just the main ones. Hypertension, nineteen point nine percent, ninety thousand ninety thousand five hundred eleven deaths. Diabetes, fifteen point eight percent, seventy two thousand fifty deaths. Alzheimer's disease and other dementia, fourteen point five percent, sixty five thousand eight hundred forty six deaths. Sepsis, 9.1%, 41,339 deaths. What about gunshots? They didn't even have them in there. <laughs> but here's the thing, guys. This is what the reason why I wanted to bring these numbers up. And I, again, if you buy into all the data that you, you just want to just you just want to eat these things and, and just you know live in your live in your uh, in your in your little bubble. What was that? Wasn't there a movie called Bubble Boy where he walked you know he rolled around just because he didn't want to get he couldn't have like um uh allergens or anything you couldn't yeah. have any of that so That's, if you want we're, we're creating a world of bubble boys if you want to be bubble boy go or be bubble girls go be bubble boy man do your thing all right but don't sit here and try to tell people like me that that just disagree simply disagree with things and when you can't tell me when i look you in the face and i go well did the flu take the year off right and they can't answer it well did, did, well did well. cancer take the year off right did you know did uh the cold season take a year off right right 
You can call me insensitive or anything you want, but people die. It sucks. Like, that's life. You know, here's what's going to happen. So at the, at the beginning part of this year, and I'm going to pull this up here real quick to get the actual t- uh, statistics. So you can Google or, you know, better yet, you might want to go to like DuckDuckGo, something like that, that uh, will give you statistics like world death rate statistics well i just want to just yeah and you, while you're looking that up because you'll have the official numbers but i just want for everybody out there just to put something in perspective for you again um got led down this path a little bit by the real af podcast but you know only 10 at the time of his podcast you know between 10 to fifteen thousand people had died from covid 10 to fifteen thousand. the rest of them died with covid well, there's a big difference between dying from something and dying with something. Right, and I give and I give them a lot of credit in that. But it, you know, the he used a car car crash. I can't really remember the example, but for you out there, what I'm trying to explain to you is is basically if you fell off a cliff tomorrow, if you go up there and you just went on a hike and you fell off a cliff and you died and you happen to have COVID in it, guess what? They're counting that as one of these numbers. That's right. Well, and so again, you know, I'm looking up these statistics here, and it's going to take me a little while to get there because I unfortunately deleted the damn email I made here. But when you look at the death rate over time, okay, up until 2020, up until 2020, they actually published a death rate. Right. Now, when you go to this website, it's statista.com, I believe it is, you go to the website, there's a disclaimer that says any data from 2020 and beyond are, C, are, are strictly CDC projections and not to be relied upon. Why are they hiding those numbers? Well, dude, on the very bottom of the same table that I was just reading you stuff from, it says note. This is literally, I'll let you read it. You could confirm it for everybody out there. This is from the CDC. Note. There were comorbidities or other conditions listed on the death certificate in 94% of all COVID-19 deaths. The 6% of death certificates in which COVID-19 was the only condition listed was likely related, likely related, let me just highlight that a little bit, Mm -hmm. likely related to a lack of detail listed about other conditions present at the time of death. Wow. So what that is basically telling you is, yeah, even of that 6%, we don't. We aren't even. We aren't even um, confident in that number. Right. We're not confident in that number because there might have been other things that that caused these people to unfortunately pass away. Right. So what data do you trust, bro? All right. So here, I think. Okay, perfect. I got this pulled up finally. Okay. So the death rate, the projected death rate. This is projected death rate for 2020. Seven point six one two. 2019, 7.579, so 2020 is up from 2019. I'm going to jump down. I'm going to go down to 2009. So the death rate, the, the, the confirmed death rate in 2009 was 7.969. Why do you think I brought up 2009? Uh, was that one of the H1 or the swine that, flu or something? That was the last major pandemic, H1N1. And I was a cop for that. And you know how many masks I wore during that? Zero. None. So guess what happened in 2009? Me and my wife got married. We got married in Cancun, Mexico in August. Ooh. Okay. No travel restrictions, no testing, no face masks. Her grandparents went with us, upper 70s, early 80s at the time. They're still kicking. Okay. Still healthy as can be. Why is it that in 2009 it wasn't a big deal? 
but now it is. And nowhere can you find, you cannot find anywhere that will tell you what the 2020 death rate or death toll numbers were as a total. And here's why I say as a total. I think when we see the actual, either the <laughs> death rate or the actual number of deaths as a whole for 2020, it's going to be on par with all prior years. Oh, yeah. Now, I'm, I'm speculating. Right. Because we don't know that to be fact. But if it wasn't, why won't they publish it? We don't know. It's a day. That's again another part of that that makes it that makes it no sense, right? That's right. No sense again. And again, if you want to wear if you want to wear masks and you know do all this crap, do your thing, man. Like do your thing, but quit quit holding other people's feet to the fire. You know, I can't stand Brett. The people that point at other people and they're just like, I can't believe you're so insensitive. And I just look at him and I just shake my head at this point, dude. I'm just like, what do you mean insensitive? That's right. You know, my, uh, my wife's grandparents, they're in their uh, early to mid-90s right now. And we had a uh, birthday party for my – a one-year-old birthday party for my son in um, September last year. And her grandparents came. And I, f- I firmly expected her grandparents to walk in with face masks and stuff because they're, they're in that high-risk population. Right. They're in the high-risk population that your, your, your risk of dying from COVID is quite higher. Oh, yeah. They walked back in my backyard. We did it outside because it was nice out. And we figured, okay, we'll do it outside so that, you know, we're not inside. And, you know, trying to be a little responsible because, again, September, people were still kind of unsure, right? Her uh, grandpa comes in. His name's Bob, comes in, and he's not wearing a face mask. So I go up, and he gives me a big hug. And, uh, you know, we're talking. And I said, you know, uh, uh, you know, what's your thoughts on COVID? You know, are you not going to wear a face mask? He said, boy, he said, I'm 90-some years old. I'm going to die of something, right? It's a fact. At what point did we go, did, did we turn our society into we have to prevent all sickness, all disease, all death? And yet, if, if the government really cared about health, right? So let's just pretend for a moment we have all these restrictions because the powers that be care about our health. Why are liquor stores and pot shops considered essential? I know. Because they, they don't care about health. They care about keeping us dumb and in a cage. Well, here's my thing. And in a cage, locked in your home, you, not talking to people, you know, not having these hard conversations, you know, to do whatever they're going to do, whatever that may be. I don't want to get into conspiracies today. Right. Maybe one day we'll go yeah. down. We'll call it the rabbit hole uh, episode, and maybe one day we can talk about that. But, I mean, in all seriousness, we all have to realize we're going to die of something. Car accidents last year were down. Obvious reasons. People weren't driving as much. People weren't leaving their house. Right. But I guarantee you if you were able to get a hold of the alcohol stats or alcohol-related deaths or substance-related deaths, any of those kind of things, which all of that, by the way, for all of you, since I was talking about the suicide rate earlier, FBI statistics will be out this year for last year. So make sure when you have an opportunity to take a look at that, and then you can see what we're talking about. Um, I I would bet you the suicide rate, those statistics are sky high last year to 2018, 2019. Oh, yeah. But my last point on the mask is my last point. If you're one of these people out there and you're going up and you're harassing people and you're going, where's your mask? And you're messing with people and you're not personally wearing an N95 mask, shut the fuck up. Like, I'm tired of it. Because you know what? Here's the thing. Again, it goes back to personal responsibility. Now, Brett, if you're wearing an N95 mask, you come up to me and you say, hey, sir, 
I really apologize. We're in the same aisle right now. Would you mind pulling your mask up? I have a, I have a cancer, you know, my wife has cancer at home. I have this N95 mask on. I'm taking every precaution. I literally can. I have to do the shopping or I have to do the this or I have to do the that. Dude, I'll put one on for you all day long. Like, I don't care. Like, just right. out of respect for Politeness you. Politeness goes a long way, no? Right? But you come up and you start screaming at me. Like, I've seen these videos of these grown men. Like, yelling at moms that are pulling pushing strollers and stuff i'm going to tell you right now you do that in front of me i will fucking smoke you i will put one on you and you will go to 90 90 90 night and you know i'll just knock you to clean the fuck out how about that well you know the 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 situation that's going on right now with mass right so you you give people some sort of semblance of authority over other people you know what i mean and what's happening with the mass situation is you've got people that are uh, they have this false sense of uh, authority, right? Uh, a, a false sense of holier than thouist, if if that even is a word, right? So people think I can go up and I can say whatever I want to somebody because I'm wearing a mask. They should be wearing a mask, and I'm going to exert my uh, authoritarianism against them, or or whatever whatever word you want to put to it. Right. There's a little something that I like to call mind your own fucking business. Okay. In America, for a long time, people have gotten along mighty nicely with just minding their own business, okay? If you go up to somebody in a store or somebody in public and you get irate with them, first and foremost, if you really believe what you say you believe about the virus and you're in somebody's face, you're violating the number one rule of the virus, which is? Social distancing. Social distance, okay? And if you get up in somebody's face and they knock you out or they bust your nose, you deserve it. It is that simple. Mind your business. If somebody's not wearing a mask and you're afraid that they're going to give you COVID and you're wearing a mask, stay away from them. Walk down another aisle. Ignore them. It is that simple. It's not your job. It's not your job. It's not your job. Even if it is your job, even if you are a manager or an assistant manager at a store and you think that it's, you're going to, this is going to be your moment to shine. Guess what? Walk away. Now, I want to bring up something that happened to me last week. All right. And real quick, let me just clarify what I meant by my statement there, because I put said smoke. <laughs> what I meant by I say smoke, I said me and Brett have com- personal conversations all the time. I always talk about when I used to get in, uh, you know, in fights and stuff when I was younger. I just I, my saying is always I'll put the smoke on him. But so, but you know, I just want to be real clear. I'm talking about the people that are actively aggressively going at people. Like that's who I'm talking about, right? Those are good people. Those people that are just minding their own business and they're wearing a mask, Brett, I, I could give two craps less. I still make funny if you keep wearing it in your car, I'm going to make fun of you and I'm going to laugh and it gives me a good chuckle and I'm great with it. Great. Right. right. But I'm specifically talking about these people that are taking it upon themselves, which I believe you're right in the sense of, you give people that have never had power or never had uh, um, self-confidence or never had, you know, these certain things and all they do is get shit on by their boss, shit on by their wife, shit on by their husband, shit on by their kids, shit on by everybody else. And then you give them a little bit of power because they know what the rules are. So right. now I can go tell you, Brett, because I don't know who you are and I'm just going to go tell you what I think. We have a society full of hall monitors. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Right. I didn't that, even I mean, think about that, it that that, That's really what we have right now. So last week, I had to take my dog to uh, the groomer, and we take her to PetSmart. Well, we used to take her to PetSmart. Last week was the last straw with me on PetSmart for a couple reasons. Um, so we take her to PetSmart. First appointment for the day. So I walk into PetSmart. It's, you know, 9 a.m., whatever time it was. We're the first appointment of the day. There was a sign that said, please, out front of the grooming area, please do not come in if there's somebody waiting. 
So I walk in. The, the little waiting area was completely empty. There's three groomers in the back talking amongst themselves. No big deal. The one groomer looks at me all pissy and says, sir, I need you to wait outside on the bench. I said, well, why? Now, keep in mind, my appointment was at 9, and it, it was 8.57 a.m. I said, well, why? Nobody's in here. The sign said, you know, wait till your appointment time unless nobody's in here. Well, you need to wait out on the bench for your appointment time. Now, I had to take my dog, walk out of the door, sit on the bench for her to come get me two minutes later for no apparent reason. There was no other customers waiting, nothing other than this is my rule and I'm going to assert it. And listen, again, if, if your re- employer is requiring you to do that, I get it, right? I get it. Yeah, but but the, here's the thing. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. Not one person in my life, at least, has followed every single rule by every single letter, by every single period, by every single dash, by every single whatever, right? There's so, common sense. Right? And so, and it's just being personable. Be a personable person. Uh, be understanding. If you don't want to wear this shit and you're tired of wearing this crap and all that kind of stuff, you you have to be at least a little understanding when people get a little frustrated when you ask them to do stupid crap. That's right. That changes absolutely nothing in terms of your appointment. That's right. I got there early thinking, hey, I'm, I'm being a good customer. I'm getting there early. You know, I don't want to hold them up. I don't want to hold up the groomers. I'm the only one in there. And you, you make me sit outside for two minutes so you can finish up your conversation amongst the other groomers? Are you kidding me? I'm going to stay on PetSmart for one more moment. Go ahead. Okay. So I said that was the last straw. So last year, I had to go get a dog bed. It was, it was probably October. I had to go get a dog bed. My dog threw up on his bed until he ruined it. So I go get a dog bed. And I buy it. doesn't fit. It's too big. I have the receipt. I go back two days later have the receipt, everything, go, hey, I just need to exchange this. I'm not trying to, re- to get my money back. Here's my receipt. Shows I bought it two days ago. I want to exchange it for a smaller size bed that fits in the crate. Sorry, sir, we're not accepting returns right now. Why? It's a dog bed. Uh, because of COVID. Okay. Can I talk to a manager? Um, you can, but they're going to tell you the same thing. I'm like, okay, well, you know, let me talk to a manager. So a manager comes walking up and, you know, you could tell she had an attitude about it right away. And I tell her, I said, you know, here's all I'm trying to do. I got the receipt, brand new bed, tags are still on the bed, has never been slept on, no dog hair on it, no nothing. Sir, we can't take that back. Well, on the receipt, there's nothing on this receipt that talks about not accepting returns. Right. Okay. They didn't, they didn't give a warning when I bought the bed. Matter of fact, they said I had a, they had a 90-day return policy. She said, well, it's, be, it's because of COVID. We're not doing returns as a company. I said, exactly what, does, what do returns have to do with COVID on a dog bed? Well, how do we know that your house isn't infected with COVID and you're bringing it to my store? I said, okay, so before I bought the dog bed, how did you know that this dog bed came from somewhere overseas? I'm assuming China. Everything comes from China these days. Did you quarantine the dog bed before I bought it to make sure that you weren't selling me a dog bed with COVID? Now, this is a $55 dog bed that they absolutely refused to take back. You know what she tells me? 
keep the bed and keep the receipt and come back in six to nine months and maybe we'll return it. Now, for, for companies out there or low-level managers out there that are instituting these policies, understand that customers is why you have a job. Right. You piss off your customers. You, you institute policies that make zero sense. People go elsewhere. I am no longer going to shop at that pet store. There's plenty of mom-pa, uh, privately-owned, locally-owned pet stores that I can give my money to and do business with. And from this point forward, that's what I'm going to do. Well, and not just big companies, right? I mean, those small businesses we talk about all the time. Like, you know, you and I have had the conversation a lot, and we're going to start wrapping it up here. Um, you know, but you small companies, like all these small companies are gone, dude, from this COVID stuff. Yeah, all of them are gone. They weren't deemed essential. They weren't deemed essential. And so, you know, and however they, you know, you should take offense to that. I would take offense to that. But, you know, all of this money, all you people out there that are, you know, behind this hook, line and sinker and the shutdowns and everything going on. And you've been behind, you know, every single thing these politicians have said, you know, you've bought into Fauci hook, line and sinker and all that kind of stuff. Again. I don't hate you. I still love you. We don't agree. Me and I'll never agree. But that doesn't mean that I have any ill will towards you. But I want you to think about where they're going to make up all of this revenue, this tax revenue that they were t- that they were already. Things are done years in advance, dude. Mm-hmm. Years in advance. They start spending money. I worked for a city government in a police department. I know that the all those prorations or not prorations, but those. Um, um, you know, the number, the figures that they're working off of, they're all based off of algorithms and all those kind of things. So that money is technically spent already right. on infrastructure, it's on already street, allocated. all that stuff. So when you have that big deficit between all of these small businesses that didn't bring in any tax revenue last year, and now you're going into this year with all of these small, those same small businesses not coming back because they couldn't survive it. Where do you think that they're going to get their nut from? They're going to get it from our 401ks. They're going to get it from our the equity we have in our houses. They're going to get it from wherever they can get it from. Anybody that thinks that taxes aren't going to balloon, sales tax, federal income tax, state income tax, anybody that thinks that taxes aren't going to have to balloon to recoup the cost of, of the lost revenue over the last 12 months, 14 months, is absolutely, they're, they're, you're dreaming. I mean, the tax revenue has got to come back. I want to go back to COVID one more sec because we, we talked about, you know, businesses that were deemed essential and businesses that weren't, right? Correct. Why is it that, you know, you, you talk about big chain restaurants, you talk about, uh, you know, big chain grocery stores, hardware stores, department stores, all deemed essential, right? Liquor stores, pot shops, all deemed essential. But yet your local family-owned businesses are not deemed essential, have to close, right? You look at what's going on right now up in uh, Grand County. There's a couple of restaurants up there that uh, the, the uh, Grand County Health Department instituted incredibly strict guidelines on two specific restaurants to prevent what they said, a COVID outbreak at the Winter Park Resort. Okay. I saw something like that, but I didn't look into it. Yeah. So look into it. It's pretty disgusting because what they did to these two family owned restaurants, what they did to these two family restaurants is institute basically red level restrictions to where they can't even operate but in that same notice said there was, they have no evidence to show that these two restaurants uh, have contributed to any sort of COVID outbreak, but they, they're doing this to prevent future outbreaks. And yet all the chains are still open. 
Well, that's been my biggest. My, that was one of my biggest things. And as I wrapped up, I was just gonna, I was just gonna button up that small business part. But who do you think the owners of, you know, Walmart and all, and you know these these top level executives and stuff? Where do you think that they send their money to politically before elections and stuff like that? The politician that's gonna vote them, vote the way they want. Exactly. That's right. Exactly. And so, for everybody out there. You know, the only way that this stops, and I'm going to echo again Andy Frasala's, you know, message, it only stops when we stop it. That's right. It only stops when we stop it, man. And and if you have a business out there, you had a restaurant, and you're not harassing your customers and stuff, drop me drop me an email at dustin.duff2 at gmail.com and tell me where your restaurant is because I want to go be a patron of your establishment. That's where I want to go. I want to go to, you know, where people – are are they understand that people have a personal responsibility in their own lives and that we can't we can't live everybody's life for them it is on each and every single one of us to make the best decisions for us and our family period and that can mean we don't go to sporting events that could mean you know you don't care and you just go no mask no nothing you know you're what you know you're what do they say? Nothing the funnest, funner than you know running around naked with your clothes off or something like that you know what I mean you, you know but it's on us. It's on us. It's on us. If we want to change things, if we want to do things, if we want to, you know, alter how people are looking at this and stuff, we have to start having these conversations. And I know that this podcast is probably going to piss some people off, but at the same time, it has to be said, because I'm going to tell you more people that I talk to than not feel the exact same way that I do. That's right. So you're the minority. If you're getting upset at this, I'm really sorry, but I'm not sorry. Because well, and to think that magically the numbers are are reducing at the at the rate they are just because when nothing has nothing has been different and stop telling me well it's because of masks that the numbers are down or it's because of the lockdown numbers are down hey that's not actually true if you actually if you do some research that is not true the reason the numbers are down the reason the case count is down is because of how they're testing and how they're limiting testing that's why the numbers are down and what they're telling you and and, and what you're and what you're seeing from the news readers and the news models on your local and national news networks okay i want to i want to leave us with one thing you know who created the the uh, idea of a lockdown no a 14 year old high school girl doing a, a, a science project in high school look it up that's where the idea came from that's a fact well again science you guys, I love everybody out there. We do this podcast because we want you guys to, you know, get better. We want people to prosper. We want everybody as a whole, not specific groups or anything, you know, small business owners. or I want everybody collectively, I say it every every episode, as Americans to to get better. And that's what I want. And I hope that, you know, this, this podcast shines some light for some people, Brett. I mean, I know that you had some great figures and stuff in there. And so, um, you know, again, I'm being dead serious, though, when I say, if you have a re- if you have a restaurant, you have a business, you you know that you you're you are not harassing your customers, and you're you know you're not you know making people feel uncomfortable when they come in your establishment. Send me an email, send me an email, and I will ha- come have dinner at your joint, man. That's where I want to go. I want to go where I have the option, where it is on me, because I the only person at the end of the day when I'm sitting in my deathbed, you know, at a hospital somewhere, you know, if I live that long. I have to be able to look myself in the mirror too, man. And I'm not okay with cashing in another year. 
I'm not okay with cashing in another year and not being able to see people's faces smiling at me. I'm not okay with having another year of having somebody dictate to me and it feels like somebody has their thumb on the top of my head. I'm not okay with those things and I know that as a person. If you are, great for you. It's not, I'm not. So if you have those businesses, I want to support you. Drop me an email. I'm out. All right. Thanks, everybody. Appreciate you listening. Uh, Have a good one.